gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence once again with Victor King from King Creole Sports as we go against the spread on this week number three of the National Football League season, week number four in college football. And, Victor, quite a week it was in college football last week. Looking at the polls, for all intents and purposes, it looks like the Big Ten is already out of the playoff race. With no teams in the top ten, the SEC dominating the polls once again. Eight teams in the top 25, six of those undefeated, do you count the Big Ten out in the playoff race at this point, Victor? Boy, Mark, I think we do. Their highest-ranked team is Michigan State at number 11. Now, they got a couple stragglers toward the bottom of the top 25 in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Ohio State and Nebraska uh, rejoined the top 25 with the wins last week. But uh, you're certainly right about the SEC Conference. Eight teams in the top 25, five in the top 10, and if our uh, four-team uh, playoff begun, uh, let's say, this upcoming weekend, there's a good chance that the number one versus number four game would be Florida State against Oklahoma, and the number two versus number three game would probably be Oregon against Alabama. That would be a pretty nice playoff setting. I think mm-hmm. all the college football fans would take that right now at this point, and it just depends who barges in into the scene. It's likely that maybe a Southeast Conference team or perhaps a team in the Big 12 like an Oklahoma might take that loss. Somebody who defeats them comes into the picture. It's going to be a wide-open race and a lot of topic and conversation, no question about that. But the poor Big Ten, that's where we're from, Victor, in Big Ten country. And right now, it doesn't look like there's a racehorse in the race that can barge through here unless Ohio State runs the table or perhaps Michigan State. Do you give any Big Ten team a chance to crack the top four by season's end? No, don't be deceived by Nebraska's 3-0 and straight-up record on the year. It was against the cupcake schedule. Uh, they went on the road last week and beat up on a Fresno State team that lost some key players. Big 10 now 12 and 17 against the spread on the season mark. If we exclude or eliminate the week one results, they've gone 6 and 15 against the spread. That includes 2 and 7 on the road for Big 10 teams. Uh, tough for them as well. And uh, for the second week in a row, it was a good week for underdogs overall in college football, Mark with dogs going 27 and 22 against the spread last week and now 70 and 61 against the spread on the year. Uh, We're already hearing customers saying, hey, this is 2014, it's the year of the dog. Well, let's uh, apply the brakes a little bit there. We're only talking about three weeks of college football and two weeks of the NFL. But thus far, the doggies are looking pretty good after a couple of weeks. That they are. It's been a nice dog start in the world of both NFL and college football. And speaking about the NFL, Victor, taking a look at what's happened after the first two weeks of the season, we have three teams that have started the season 2-0 and this year that missed out on the playoffs last year. 
And on the flip side, we've got three teams that have started out 0-2 that were in the playoffs last year. And the reason I mention that is, reading an article in the USA Today on Wednesday, we noted that it's practically impossible or next to impossible for 0-2 teams to make the playoffs since 1990 when the NFL expanded to a 12-team playoff format only 11.6% of the teams that started 0-2 have gone on to make the playoffs. On the flip side, teams that start out 2-0, 63% of those teams eventually make it on into the playoffs. And of those 0-2 football teams, Victor, last year, Carolina Panthers, by the way, were one of those 11.6 percentage teams. There's two teams now that have started out 0-2 that were in the playoffs last year, Indiana, New Orleans, and you can mention Kansas City, but I don't think we'll talk about them. Of those three teams, do you think any of those three, Victor, have a realistic chance to make the playoffs by season's end? According to the odds that we've been tweeted out this week, uh, New Orleans odds, uh, in, as far as the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, have actually, and it's kind of weird, been not hurt that much. So that would be uh, the one team of the three different 0-2 teams who were in the playoffs last year that I still think is a good shot. Uh, Carolina playing a little bit above their heads at a 2-0 record, uh, Atlanta. So it's a slight, slightly weaker year this year, the NFC South division. And you talked about the 2-0 teams, Mark. If you ask me of the 2-0 undefeated teams in the NFL, which are the most surprising two, or how about this, the most dominant two 2-0 teams, I would submit to you those teams would probably be the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans in terms of points for and points against Houston is a net plus 27 on the season after two weeks to go with their 2-0 record. They're pounding the ball on the ground. Fitzpatrick not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, a great defensive team. A little bit surprising considering last year they started 2-0 as well and, what, dropped 14 games in a row to end the season. But we all know that Houston had a good team. They lost a lot of games because of uh, interception returns last year and turnovers. And those things do come back to the norm in the next season. And how about Buffalo, too? Uh, two impressive wins by the Bills, Mark, to go to Chicago and beat the Chicago Bears on the road in itself is an impressive win. And then uh, in their home debut last week, beating the Miami Dolphins by 19 points. You know, Victor, it's a great point you bring in about the Houston Texans and uh, how their fortunes have reversed thus far early to begin this football season because last year they were a two-win football team that outsteaded their opponents 29 yards a game, yet only won two games, and as you mentioned, largely because of the turnover factor. But looking deeper inside of the Houston Texans 2-0 start this year, and I'm mentioning that because our midweek alert, our statistical newsletter debuts this week, coming out for the first issue this week, and looking inside of the Houston Texan numbers thus far this football season, 2-0 straight up against the spread, but They've been outgained in both of their football victories thus far this football season. So a complete reverse of what happened to them last year is in effect working this year where they're winning football games but losing games in the stats on the field. Kind of an amazing turnaround for the Houston Texans. And you talk about also uh, the likes of the Buffalo Bills who have gotten out to this great start. It's a terrific start. You know, they knocked out Miami last week. They beat Chicago, as you mentioned here. They're going to host San Diego in what would be a fortunate Tuitous, possibly fortuitous time start for them with San Diego being a one o'clock Eastern time start for uh, Buffalo. So that would be terrific. If imagine if Buffalo and Houston both win this week, you'll have a battle of three and all football teams squaring off when Buffalo travels to Houston in week number four. And 
out of that, one of those two teams ends up starting out 4-0 and to begin the football season. To that, I would say, who the thunk is an unbelievable start in the National Football League this year. Of these teams, Victor, that started out started 3-0, and the realistic chance is 63% of them make the playoffs of Arizona, Buffalo, and Houston. Which or any of the three do you think have the biggest possibility? Uh, I would still look to Houston. Uh, to me, they have what you want in a playoff team. Uh, fantastic defense, conservative offense, great running game, uh, smart Ivy League uh, quarterback. <laughs> yeah, smart Ivy League quarterback who has a penchant for throwing interceptions, but nonetheless very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's experienced, to say the least. He has more, a lot more experience than E.J. Manuel Buffalo. And if Arizona can keep Carson Palmer uh, upright and uh, out of the injury reserve list, uh, I think they'd have a realistic chance, too, because they were a 10-win team last year. And more often than not, you find teams that had winning records the previous year that didn't make the playoffs oftentimes bounce back to do just that the next football season. Their problem, though, is they're in that rugged NFC West division with San Francisco and Seattle and St. Louis, and it's going to be impossible. They have to finish second ahead of either Seattle or San Francisco, and that's an argument all into itself to see which of those two football teams would possibly drop and allow Arizona to open the door and make that playoff move. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week going inside the Southeast Conference. And we've got a dandy when Alabama plays host to Florida. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The Sportswatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the Sportswatch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on the College of Pro Football cards this week. It's time for our College Football Game of the Week as we go inside the Southeast Conference where Alabama plays host to Florida. Victor, a great matchup this weekend in college football. Your take on the Crimson Tide in the Gators this Saturday. Should be a fun game. 3.30 Eastern kickoff for Alabama and Florida. The over-under line for the game opened at 53.5. It is steaming down the last time we looked. Uh, and, of course, we record the show on Wednesday mornings. 51.5, so the line has come down a couple of points in Alabama versus Florida. In terms of the series history, there's really been not much of an over-under pattern except for alternate results in each of the last six years. Uh, starting last year and working our way back, these two teams against each other have gone over-under, over-under, over-under. The average over-under line, 48.0 points per game. Average score, 47.7. The odds makers have pegged this series right on the nose. It doesn't get any closer than an average margin of 0.3 points per game. Uh, with this year's line currently hovering around 51.5, I will note 
that the highest score in the last six years was 51. So in the last six seasons, all six Alabama-Florida games had 51 or less points. Uh, does that mean uh, we run to the window and play the under? Not necessarily. This, you know, this is uh, relatively speaking a average defense for Alabama. They've gone the two and one over under on the season. They went over the total in game one against West Virginia. They went under the total in game two against uh, Florida Atlantic, and then they came back to go over the total in their game against Southern Miss. Their three non-conference games thus far. Uh, Alabama is a team that don't forget last year they closed the year on a five and one over under record in their last six conference games, and then they went over the total by double digits in their bowl game loss against Oklahoma. Uh, Florida on the other side, uh, boy, they've had their offensive struggles, particularly last year. The Gators averaged only 19 points per game last year on offense. They finished number 119 in the country in red zone offense. They couldn't finish offensive drives, that's for sure. In fact, in the offseason, they hired Kurt Roper as, uh, of Duke as their offensive coordinator, kind of hoping to at least quicken their pace of play a little bit in 2014. And from a total's perspective, it's worked so far. Now, albeit against some pretty weak, weak opponents, they have gone 2-0 to the over this season, the Florida Gators. In game one, they went over the total by 8.5 points against Eastern Michigan. In game two, they went over the total by 12 points against Kentucky last week. But remember now, that game against Kentucky last week, that only went over the total because of triple overtime. The score was tied 20-20 to in regulation play, so it could very well have gone under the total. The only reason it did go over was the fact that the game went into a triple overtime against Kentucky. Uh, Mark, we're going to pass on this game in terms of the over-under. There are some things that indicate higher-scoring game. There are some things that indicate a lower-scoring game. So I'm going to pass on the over-under in the Florida-Alabama game. However, if you're looking for an under this week, I would submit to you, let's take a look at the Friday night game, Connecticut-South Florida under the total. The line's already steaming down. But that Friday night game on ESPN2 looks to be a good under candidate. And if you're looking for a decent over candidate on Saturday, I would say look hard at the North Carolina-East Carolina game. Battle for the state of Carolina. Two very quick-paced offenses. Over-under line already steaming up from 64 to 66. But that's a game that's got over potential on Saturday. Victor passes the total in the Florida-Alabama matchup with a couple of complimentary selection plays on Friday and Saturday's college football card. Victor, you mentioned about the Florida game going into overtime against Kentucky, and a lot of people frown upon that, maybe taking the magic away from the Florida Gators in their mission season this year. But I might have to attribute that to a large look ahead to Alabama this particular week. The Florida Gators, obviously the epitome of what we call a mission dog this football season here, a mission team, after that rare losing season last year. They come into this contest, the Gators, 19-7-1 to the spread as a dog in SEC play, and they're also also been a stout play in road openers, if you will. They've gone four, one, and one to the spread the last six years in their road opening games. The Crimson Tide of Alabama comes into this contest here. 0-2 to the spread in their two line games against FBS football teams, and they're not quite hitting on all cylinders like the Alabama football teams that we've come to admire in the past. Opening up the history book, looking at Alabama 
when they're taking on undefeated opponents favored by 13 or more points, the Tide has covered the spread in only eight of 20 occurrences in that particular role. And an interesting aspect here inside the Playbook newsletter, we took a look at how Nick Saban has done in Florida Gator games since he's joined the SEC as a head coach. And in those particular contests, the dog has gone five and two to the spread in Nick Saban Florida Gator football games. One time was Nick Saban a double digit favorite in these particular games against Florida. He lost that whole game straight up on the football playing field. And I'll lean to the Florida Gators in this football game because it is a best bet play in the playbook football newsletter this week more than a lean i do like the florida gators here we also know closing this segment out that overtime winners as the florida gators were last week who come up dogs those teams if their defense is good they have allowing 17 and a half or less points per game in the season those teams are 18 and 5 against the spread since the inception of overtime i'll grab up the 14 and a half with florida for my side in this football game don't go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our National Football League game of the week at Dandy on tap when Seattle plays host to Denver in a Super Bowl rematch. When we come back with more, we're right around the corner here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. This football season, go where the wise guys go for all their winning information. Playbook.com website. If accurate, exclusive winning information is important to you, it's important you make Playbook.com your one-stop source for all your football information this season. Whether it's downloading a weekly copy of the Playbook football newsletter, selecting guaranteed best bets or free picks from the world-famous Playbook experts handicappers, or checking lines and scores, Playbook.com has it all. And make it your inside source this football season for exclusive information not found anywhere on the web. Get every edge imaginable at playbook.com, where winners go for winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this weekend of football and National Football League and college football style. It's time for our NFL game of the week, and we couldn't have a better game, Victor, if we handpicked it when the Seattle Seahawks play host to the Denver Broncos in a rematch of Super Bowl last year when Seattle blew the Broncos out. Your take, Victor, as these two teams get back again together this Sunday. Betters and fans are licking their chops in this game. The only thing better for this game, Mark, would be if it was the NBC Sunday night game. Wouldn't you much rather watch in prime time a Super Bowl rematch rather than Pittsburgh Steelers, Carolina Panthers? I think so. You know, this uh, game opened at 49. First initial line move down. Only a half point, down to 48 and a half points. This is a rare, very, very rare to see a Super Bowl rematch in the following regular season. And I got this from my playbook newsletter. In fact, uh, this year's issue number five, already currently available at the playbook.com website for the playbook newsletter. But in it, our boys note that it's only the third time since the 1993 season that you see a Super Bowl rematch being played the following regular season. This has been a pretty high-scoring series, 6-2 and two to the over in their last eight regular season meetings. Not to mention the fact that the game, of course, in the Super Bowl did go over the total by a couple of points as well. Uh, the line is interesting. The average line when these two teams play is only 41.8 points. That's about a touchdown lower than this week's line. Average score of 50 points per game. So the average game between these two has actually gone over by uh, more than a touchdown at plus 8 
5.2. This is the highest over-under line ever in this series, and that includes the Super Bowl over-under line, which was 47 points. I think right off the bat, you're getting some value on this game to go under the total. Uh, in terms of the Seattle Seahawks, they're a team that's already 2-0 to the over this year. They went over the total in their game one Thursday night win over the Green Bay Packers by 5.5 points. They went over the total last week on the road against San Diego by 6 points. That was a game in which uh, we, our King Creole service, was on the over, and uh, we cashed that one on Sunday pretty easily. In fact, that game cashed on the last play of the third quarter. So Seattle 2-0 to the over this year, a little surprising given their very, very good dominant defense. The Colts this season won, excuse me, the Colts, the Broncos one and one over under. They went over the total against those Colts in their game one this season by two points. They went under the total last week against the Chiefs by eight points. And that was kind of a weird game. Here the Chiefs outstabbed the Broncos. Kansas City had 380 yards of total offense. They had nine more first downs, but they only managed 17 points in that game. Alex Smith of the Chiefs had more passing yards than Peyton Manning. That was kind of a weird game, and Kansas City had a shot to tie it and send it to overtime at the very, very end. You know, Denver gets all the credit in the world and the kudos for this fantastic offense, but what some people may not realize is this team finished last year 1-7 and over-under, only one over in their last eight games last season. So now in their last 10 games, dating back to last year, they've gone 2-8 and eight over under. One more thing in regards to the Seattle Seahawks, Mark, uh, I always track offensive plays. Uh, this is something over the last couple of years that is significant in the NFL. Average offensive plays in an NFL game has been 64.9. And last week, Seattle only ran 40 total offensive plays in that loss against the San Diego Chargers. It was the lowest amount of offensive plays in an NFL game since Seattle did it last year in week eight against St. Louis. So 40 offensive plays, that normally does not lead to a game going over the total. We're going to lean under in this game, Mark, under ever so slightly. I think there's some value on the under. Now, there's an under I like a lot more, and we'll mention that, of course, in the free play segment. But for now, we'll lean under in the Super Bowl rematch between Denver and Seattle. Victor goes a lean under in the Denver-Seattle rematch game on Sunday. And, Victor, I agree with you. If this game had been played on Sunday night, it would have blown the records for viewers on a Sunday night football game. But nonetheless, they're playing it in a late afternoon game instead. I'm a little bit befuddled about that. The Denver Broncos obviously playing with the revenge from being destroyed in the Super Bowl last year. This game has been circled on their calendar uh, the seven months since, but you know the bottom line is here. I feel looking at the midweek alert football newsletter this week, Denver is not even close to where they were last year, and I say that because in their two and zero start this football season, they've been out yarded or out gained in both football games, and we also point out in the midweek newsletter that going back since the AFC title game last year, the Denver Broncos have not gained 400 yards in any of their last three football games in a row. There's something not healing on all cylinders with this offense for the Denver Broncos as they come into this contest. Not a good contest to come into because you have to travel to Seattle where they protect their home turf as good or better than any team in the NFL. Russell Wilson, a well-documented 17-1, and 18-1, I should say, straight up in his home games with the Seahawks. 
And we also know coming into this contest here, Super Bowl winners that are off a straight-up favorite loss, as Seattle was last week, who are not favored by seven or more points in their next game, are 20-6 and six against the spread when playing a non-division opponent in their next contest here. I have a lot of opinion in this football game, and the reason I say that is we, I outlined it in our USA Today Sports Weekly column. There's a big section about this rematch, and I have a lot of stats and facts in the USA Today Sports Weekly. I would encourage your listeners to get a copy of that this particular weekend. We also hit on this game in the midweek alert newsletter this week as well. A closing stat that's kind of mind-blowing, if you will. It ties into the fact that how well Seattle protects their home field, 18-1 at home with Wilson. The Denver Broncos, when they've been an underdog and have failed to win the football game the last 33 times they've been in this role, they're just 3-30 and 30 against the spread. So the bottom line here is when Denver loses a football game, they flat out just don't get the money. I don't see Denver winning this football game here. My side in this contest will be with the Seattle Seahawks against the Denver Broncos this Sunday. That was our NFL football game of the week. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now as we join in with Dave Tooley to find out what's going on in Sin City and Las Vegas. How was your week last week in both the world of college and NFL football? College went very well for the second week in a row for me. And the NFL was uh, kind of struggling early, but uh, came through with the uh, Bears on Sunday night and the Eagles on Monday night. So uh, it's always good to end the weekend strong. And talking about the weekend, Dave, I know you also went, uh, you attended the Floyd Mayweather fight last weekend, and it looked like that wasn't much of a controversial decision. All in all, what was your take on the fight? And as far as the ambiance went in Las Vegas here, what, did the fight fulfill its promises and the cost of the ticket? No, it, it was uh, kind of a letdown, I think, for a lot of people. And, I mean, you sometimes get that with a, re- with a rematch, and... I mean, let's not forget that you know every, everyone wants to see Mayweather Pacquiao. So, and any fight that uh, Mayweather does uh, is, is a letdown in comparison to to what that would be. But uh, this is also you know a rematch of their Derby night um, bout back in May. Um, at, now, in May, coming out of the fight, you know a lot of people thought that Maidana did enough to win, and in fact, it was you know a, a very rowdy crowd. And uh, there was even uh, an eight-foot-high metal detector that was outside of the press area, uh, the, the media center. They got knocked over, and there was a stampede, and I thought I was going to get run over that night. I mean, it was <laughs> a throwback to the, 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 to the Tyson days with the uh, wild crowds <laughs> that would be out uh, during that era. And But, yeah, Saturday night, the much more subdued crowd. I mean, a lot. A lot of people I heard in the crowd were talking about that you know they were just there in case Mayweather lost and it was history being made. Um, there wasn't as much betting action, about half as much as the last fight, and uh, the the exiting was uh, much more orderly because it was a pretty clear decision that Mayweather had won. Uh, although the MGM had also done a lot of uh, added security and uh, they took down the metal detectors during the fight. <laughs> so when everyone came out, there was uh, less obstacles in the way. So it was a much more orderly. But, but yeah, the, the, the crowd was down. It wasn't a sellout. But uh, it was fun. It was fun uh, while it was going on. But, uh, you know, in the end, you know, Mayweather came through and uh, like he always has. Well, we'll see what he does because he's got two more fights left on a Showtime contract. And 
one of them uh, may be Khan in his next fight uh, from Britain, Great Britain. And, you know, the other would, a wrap-up would be terrific if he did fight Pacquiao. But uh, that remains to be seen with Floyd Mayweather and whether he'll end his career as an undefeated champion. Two more fights to go. We'll see what happens exactly there that way. Dave, also a big weekend last week in the National Football League. Uh, we, Victor and I were talking about some teams that have opened up 2-0 and and some teams that have opened up 0-2 and and their prospects and chances of making the playoffs. All in all, what was it like for Vegas in the NFL week number two? A positive winning week for the books or a losing week for the books? Uh, the, the books had another winning week, not, not as big as week one. Most of the major decisions uh, went, went the books way, way again. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, uh, the better, the betters last year, uh, started off really struggling. And we talked about it on the show many times last year in the, uh, in the then LVH super contest. Now the Westgate super contest, the, uh, contestants were, um, like 25% with the top five selections through the first, uh, like five, six weeks. Uh, this year they've started out closer to 50, 50. So it's uh, been a little more competitive. How many people in, in the, uh, Record-setting amount of entries, I believe over 1,200 this year, have been in, managed to get out of the gate with a perfect record throughout the first two weeks of the season. Uh, actually, yeah, the record is uh, 1,403 to be exact, yeah, with a 2.1 wow. million dollar purse, and uh, the champion's going to win uh, 736,575 dollars, <laughs> and uh, the and a 15,000 dollar bonus if they if you go over 67 percent. But uh, yeah, through the first two weeks, uh, we're down to four people that are undefeated at 10 and 0. So yeah, kudos to them. Well, four out of fourteen hundred and three—that's uh, <laughs> uh, quite a small percentage. But nonetheless, that just shows you how difficult the task is when it comes to handicapping the NFL football games at the Superbook contest at the Westgate. Victor, I know you've got a question or two you'd like to run by Dave on the show this week as well. Sure thing. You know, we're talking about the NFL, Dave, and we just talked about a great uh, Super Bowl rematch coming up this weekend: Denver and Seattle. Now, I see that your article just came out on Tuesday night where you do your NFL Vegas power rankings. So my question to Dave is, uh, how do you have uh, Denver and Seattle ranked in your power ratings? I'm assuming close to the top, and maybe you can mention some of the teams you have ranked near the bottom as well. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the Vegas power rankings, yeah, those actually come out uh, first thing Monday morning uh, at, you know, after, the, after the Monday night game, me and uh, some other handicappers. Uh, in town, uh, Aaron Renning of a Sports Memo and Sal Savaggio of Matic Sports. Uh, we, we put our power rankings together. I uh, put them put them on the same scale because <laughs> uh, we all have different scales. Where you know one has uh, the top team being rated a hundred, another one has. Uh, I, I I have uh, my my top team is in the twenties, and the. One, one guy has a plus or minus from zero. The top team is like plus seven and a half, and the other one, and the bottom team is like minus six and a half. So, yeah, we kind of mesh, mesh all those together. But again, when you're doing power ratings, I mean, it just matters, you know, if team A is three points better than team B, so it doesn't really matter what, what numbers you're using. So, we, you know, we put it in the uniform spot, <laughs> and uh, we came up with, uh, yeah, after week one, uh, the Seahawks' impressive uh, win over the Packers in the opener. And the, and the Broncos not covering their opener. We had the uh, Seahawks half a point better than the Broncos. But then uh, after uh, the Seahawks lost and uh, the Broncos didn't cover this past week, uh, we have them both uh, tied for first, Seahawks and the Broncos, mm-hmm. uh, with a power rating of 26. And then you know, after that, you apply home field advantage, which 
you know, for the longest time, everyone always said a field goal is home field advantage. Now most people are saying in the NFL it's closer to two and a half points. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, certain teams, especially the Seahawks, are uh, generally considered four to four and a half points fa- favorites at home. Uh, and uh, that's exactly where the line is sitting right now. So uh, yeah, no edge there in comparing comparing it to the uh, NFL Vegas rankings at ESPN Insider. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the rematch goes. What about as Victor mentioned, uh, Dave, in the bottom end of that, the, uh, the bottom end of the totem pole, the teams that you see dragging up the rear in the National Football League at this point? Uh, yeah, we have the uh, Jaguars and the Raiders uh, tied for the bottom spot. Yeah, I personally have the Raiders a little bit higher, um, but uh, the coming into the season, I I was relatively confident on, on the Jaguars how they were going to play. I, you know, definitely thought the defense. Would be much improved, and I thought Toby Gerhardt would uh, fill in just fine for uh, Maurice Jones-Drew having departed. But uh, and they certainly looked at the first half, <laughs> their first game against yeah. the Eagles. Uh, I, I thought it was really onto something. They were going to be really competitive, and then yeah, they uh, spit the bit there in the second half against the Eagles. Didn't even end up covering, and then uh, last last week they just got run over. So uh, I'm. Uh, it's it's really tough this week because they're they're playing the Colts and they're at home and they're getting a touchdown, but uh, it's kind of hard to fire that third week in a row on a team. I mean, we mentioned in the playbook newsletter this week about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they appear to look more like the team that played the first half of the season last year, as opposed to the team that went for for the second half. And some of that may be contrib- attributed to their quarterback Chad Henney, who has won only five of his last thirty starts in the National Football League. Real quick, Dave, before I ask you your complimentary play in the NFL this week, uh, how soon do you feel it might be before we have a Blake Bortles sighting in Jacksonville as opposed to Chad Henney? Uh, I, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I mean, the, I mean, obviously a lot of people are, are clamoring for that. Um, at halftime last week, I was wondering if maybe he would uh, he would be put in. So um, I think, you know, I, I would guess they would give uh, Henney a this one last start here at home against the Colts, and uh, if there's not seen any improvement, I I would not be surprised at all to see uh, week four. I agree with you. I think it'll be sooner than later. Blake Bortles makes his debut in the NFL. And Dave, before I let you go, nice winning play you had last week on the Philadelphia Eagles in that Monday Night Football game. What's your complimentary play for our listeners out there this week? Okay, I'm, I'm going to go right back to Monday night again. Um, Bears against the Jets. Uh, Jets favored by one and a half. When I saw this on the advanced line uh, last week at the Westgate, I was I was a li- I was a little surprised. I, mean, I, th- I thought maybe it would be, you know pick them or the Bears even a small road favorite. And uh, you know obviously you know the Jets uh, you know played decently against the Packers last week. Very you know very well could have should have won. And then of course you had the snafu at the end with the <laughs> the call timeout, but uh, I mean so they, I mean they were competitive, but then you know Monday night the Bears Bears went in and and won in San Francisco. So I I if they can go into San Francisco and beat the Niners, I see no reason why they can't go into New York on Monday night and uh, and, and take care of the Jets. Dave Tooley spots a false favorite on the National Football League card Monday night when the Jets lay points to the Chicago Bears. He'll be on the receiving end with his hometown Chicago Bears as his complimentary play on the football show this week. Dave, once again, a great job on the show this week. Keep up the great work at ESPN.com. Look forward to reading all your writings there every week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All right. Thanks, Mark. Good luck, everybody. 
That was Dave Tooley joining us from Las Vegas with his report of what's going on in the city of Las Vegas. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We'll wrap up the show with our awesome angle of the week. And Victor and I will share with you our complimentary plays when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card, get half of your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee. Only from Bet Online because you can. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it the buck stops here. And what we're looking to do is to play against any 3-0 double-digit college football favorite in Game 4 if they were a bold team last year and are facing opponents that are off straight-up and point-spread losses, provided the opponent was not favorite in his last game and the favorite allows 13 or more points on the season. With that, playing against these teams since 1990, we've gone 19-6 against the spread. This week, we'll play against both Marshall and Texas A&M, two high-flying football teams, but the angle says the buck stops here. We'll fade Marshall and Texas A&M for our awesome angle play on the college football card this Saturday. And with that, I'll turn it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his complimentary play on the football show this week. Victor, if you share that with our listeners, and also, please let them know what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this week. Absolutely, Mark. College football over-unders uh, on Saturday. They'll be up on the playbook.com website on Thursday evening. Now, our NFL over-unders, we've struggled in the first two weeks, guys. Uh, on Sundays, we have not done well with these totals whatsoever. We need to stick to the primetime games where we've gone 2-0 this season. And at least to our credit, we kind of bailed out our customers on Monday night as we sent out our three-star play on over the total absolutely free. Uh, we posted it at playbook.com. We sent it out to all totals, tip sheets, clients. Uh, we run that uh, over the total game on Monday night against the in the Eagles game against the Baltimore Colts. And we're fortunate to cash a winner on that one. So uh, we're hoping that that Monday night football over winner is a nice kickstart as we head into week three. And for our free play of the week, we're going under the total in one of the division games this week, and that's going to be the Colts, who just played on Monday, taking on the Jaguars, laying big money on the road. The last time I looked, the Colts were favored by 6.5 to 7, and the over-under line is already dropping. So you're going to want to get your action in as soon as possible on this game. It opened 46. It's down to 45.5, and and in some cases, even 45. Now, 44 and 45, they're two very key over-under numbers. Uh, chances are very good this game could finish exactly on one of those two numbers. So make sure your line is 45 and a half or higher. And, uh, heck, this has been a, a series that's gone under the total in every meeting over the last three years. That's six straight unders in a row in this Jacksonville-Indianapolis series. Average points only 34.7 combined points per game. 
That's about 10 points less than the over-under line for this week's game. Now, we touched on the woes of the Jacksonville Jaguars when we were talking to Dave Tooley a little bit earlier and how this could very well be Chad Henney's last game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, in fact, we're kind of hoping that'll be the case because it probably means he's kind of ineffective on offense, as you will. Now, in this particular division, the AFC South division, you always want to go under the total when the road team is favored, like the Colts are. Uh, AFC South division games have gone under the total, uh, 0-8 over under in the last two years when the road team is favored by four or more points. We always look to go under the total. That's the case with the Colts laying almost a touchdown uh, in this particular game. Uh, the Jags, of course, have started the season with losses by 17 points, and then last week, 31 points against the Washington Redskins. That's usually a signal for a low-scoring outcome. In the last two seasons, 90% unders for all underdogs of 10 or less points off back-to-back losses of 17 or more points each. That's the case for the Jaguars, and this applies when the over-under is less than 54 points. And, of course, the Colts, they do come in off that Monday night game against the Eagles, like I touched on earlier. Division road teams, like the Colts, have gone 4-16 and 16 over-under when playing off a Monday night game. So short week of rest for the Colts, laying points on the road. We touched on the fact that they're 0-2 this year, a little bit more of a conservative game plan for Indianapolis. These two teams have gone a combined 2-8 and eight over-under in their game threes in the last five seasons. We see a final score somewhere around 37, 38 points. So, Mark, under the total, Colts versus Jaguars this week, AFC South Division battle. Victor goes under the total in the Colts-Jaguars football game for his complimentary play on the show this week. And, Victor, before I get to my complimentary play, just a note from the NFL totals tip sheet I picked up this week. And you had mentioned that you rewarded the listeners of the totals tip sheet a free complimentary play on Monday, and as I understand, there's a new policy in the totals tip sheet with regard to a complimentary Monday night football total, if you'd let our listeners know what that is. That's true, Mark. I'm not satisfied with what we've done in the totals tip sheet uh, this season, and for our subscribers, the policy we announced is for every Sunday that the tip sheet has a losing day, we're going to automatically email our Monday night NFL over-under play free of charge. If we don't have a play on Monday night, you'll at least get our opinion on that particular play. And if you sign up for the totals tip sheet and select the email option, uh, we'll do to, for you what we did to our customers this last week. And at least we bailed them out of the hole we put them in on Sunday and came to with that Colts the Eagles over on Monday night. Great policy, Victor, and I'm sure the listeners out there would want to take advantage. Download your copy of the Totals Tip Sheet now at playbook.com and get on top of all the top NFL over-under total winning plays this week from Victor King and the Totals Tip Sheet. Before I move on to my complimentary play, I want to let our listeners know that my NFL Game of the Month will kick off this Sunday, and the reason I mention that, it couldn't come at a better time as we open up the season a perfect 5-0 and on our late phone NFL football selection plays this season. We're documented 35-15-2 on our NFL Game of the Month plays and going 4-0-1 last season. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners for all of our college and NFL plays this weekend. When you call me toll-free now to take advantage at 1-800-321-7777 or you can log on to the website to sign up for the the $99 football weekend of winners at playbook.com. My complimentary play 
play on the football show this week. We're going to use a non-conference matchup with the Huskies of Northern Illinois. This play comes directly from the Midweek Alert football newsletter this week, which offers up its first midweek newsletter of the season. You can download the midweek now at playbook.com in the Northern Illinois-Arkansas matchup. We point out the fact that not only is Northern Illinois riding a 17-0 straight-up and 14-3 point spread run on the road, but they've also won 24 consecutive regular season games in a row. They take on an Arkansas football team that comes in off a big 21-point win at Texas Tech last week and dresses up as a double-digit favorite for the first time in a long time. I'll take the points with Northern Illinois, who loves to win on the road. They know all about winning. Arkansas struggles just to win football games, and I don't think they've got three double-digit wins in a row in them this weekend. We'll grab up the points with the Huskies of Northern Illinois for our complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. For Victor King from King Creole Sports, Dave Tooley joining us from Las Vegas, the view from Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.